You know 90% of all companies in this country are overpaying on their waste and recycling expenses? Well, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting can help you with that. Whether it's a big business or, or just a small one with a one dumpster out back, you can take a look at why you're overspending. And those reasons are, well, your contracts don't protect you from price spikes. Your service levels are inefficient. The contracts allow for crazy ancillary fees to be charged. You need different equipment or you just need your invoices looked over. And you know how it is when you call the waste companies, you're on hold for 25 minutes or you don't ever get a call back. Let Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting do all of that for you. They'll audit your equipment, your invoices, make sure that those companies are doing what they're supposed to do. Give them a call, 812-787-3598, or email them, sensiblesolutionswaste at gmail.com. 812-787-3598. Let their team help you reduce your waste expenses. It's risk-free. If Sensible Solutions doesn't save you money, you don't pay. 812-787-3598, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting. Every step I take, I know that I'm not alone. You take the home from a boy, but not the boy from his home. These are my streets, the only little bit different opening today for the show because not only is it NCAA tournament time, but we are talking about one shining moments in Red Hill history. I am Brian Emmons, and I'm so happy that you have joined us for another episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast. Let me introduce the guys. To my right, my brother and compadre, Mr. Gary Emmons. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Good to have you here in the Country Oaks Golf Club studios in montgomery indiana also from the suburbs of bridgeport live on zoom mr david king hey guys how's it going good dave good to see you my man and the godfather of the facebook page co-producer of this podcast comes up with all the ideas and a whole bunch of the stats mr chip jamerson Hello, Brian. It was good this past weekend. I got to see David and Gary. We ran a race together uh, down in Evansville, just a little 5K, and got to hang out and watch the NCAA tournament the rest of the day. And uh, I know Brian was going to be there originally because uh, it was supposed to be the week before, but got uh, canceled and moved to the 20th. Uh, we were going to record over the weekend, but he had a prior engagement, wasn't able to be with us. So it was good to see Gary and David live. Yeah, and, great day. Uh, yeah, we had a good time, and it's good to see Brian. It's good to see you in the screen here tonight. Look forward to seeing you in person again soon. Yeah, um, and uh, thank you to our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant, of course, and then Tyler Griffin's Pizza House right there in Bridgeport, People's State Bank, Andrews Insurance, and our newest sponsor, sponsor Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting. Give them a call, and they will yeah. help you get out of your welcome, welcome aboard to them. Terrible waste contracts. But, uh, guys, you know, don't downplay this race that you were in. You, uh, I don't know how much hardware you took in, but you did pretty well in your age group. Talk about that. We all took home hardware. Yeah, we, we all meddled. Yeah. Everybody got, got a participation <laughs> trophy. So. We, we all three of us, for the first time, are in the same age group, uh, 45 to 49. There was a time I was the uh, only one in there. 
and those guys were back in the 40 to 44 and now we're all in the 45 to 49 and we all finished top nine in our age group down at the run of luck garvin park evansville indiana big 5k uh so we were all very excited how are we that old really i mean that seems that doesn't seem i can't believe how old you guys have gotten (laughs) (laughs) so let's you know for people that need reminded i'm class of 87 chip uh, class of 1991, hear more about us on episode number 22, the 1991 school year. That was a great episode. Yeah. And then I guess next is Dave. Yeah, class of 1992, one year after Chip. And then class of 93. So I'm definitely the old guy, but I think in spirit, maybe the youngest. I don't know. That could be, yeah, probably uh, we, so. we could argue that. But uh, so let's go to Chip and he is going to tell us what in the hell we are doing on this episode. Well, we're back. Uh, we are receiving one heck of a, a thunderstorm on Thursday night in Montgomery, Indiana, and we lost power. So we're going to go back to where we were. Chip, what are we going to do tonight with one All shining right. moment? So this week we have two questions, and we, we threw this out to the audience on the Facebook page. And if you're not on the Facebook page, just uh, go to your search bar and type in old school Red Hill Salukis and it will come up. We'd love to have you join that page. But two of the questions we threw out there were one greatest moment you witnessed as a fan at Red Hill. And we will all have our own moments that we'll mention regarding that. And we'll have some listener thoughts on that too. And then question number two was your most memorable moment as a player slash participant at Red Hill. And We'll go over ours and see what the audience has to say. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. We had a lot of participation and people actually just uh, still posting uh, ideas of, of their their memories. So that's nice. Hey, and before we get going, I do want to thank our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, of course, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting, Pizza House of Tyler Griffin, Andrews Insurance Agency, and, of course, People State Bank. And uh, we truly appreciate their sponsorship. And uh, if your business would like to sponsor or help get your word out to uh, the hundreds of listeners uh, that we have every week, just uh, drop us a line, send us a message on the Facebook page, and we can uh, we can do that. Also, just wanted to say um, we lost a Bridgeport icon this week. Uh, Mike Kurtz passed away. And uh, anybody that's been around Red Hill Sports all these years, uh, Mike was a fixture in the stands, and and he would uh, he would damn well support you when things went well, and uh, he would let you know when things didn't, and and that was the the beauty of Mike Kurtz. Um, of course, uh, he he was preceded in death by his wife Carol, and then uh, still he's behind Joe and Terry and Tina and Michelle, and uh, of course Lance and Brandon's mom uh, Jane is Mike's sister, and uh, of course Mike Smith was a longtime friend of of Mike Kurtz, so he will be sadly missed. And uh, so we'll just take a second here and, and think about Mike, and then we'll come right back with our memories. As you're listening to this podcast, you know what? It's time to go out to eat. If you're listening to it in the morning, go grab lunch, or if you're listening to it in the afternoon, Let's plan dinner for the family, and there's no better place to do that than the legendary Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. Check out their daily lunch specials and weekly features on their Facebook page. You know, they've got the best cheeseburgers around and hand-cut steaks, tenderloins, those famous fish dinners, you name it. Come on in to Gray's Restaurant, and they will be happy to serve you. 
They're open for dine-in and carry-out. Just call 945-9501 and let the Gray family cook for your family today. Since 2002, People State Bank has supported Lawrence County and served their financial needs in four different locations, Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville. Stacy Moore, our fellow Saluki and his staff are so happy to help you. And, and just like they help youth sports and 4-H events, they've sponsored Pack the Place. And well, now they're helping out with this podcast and we truly appreciate their sponsorship. All kind of financial needs, whatever you need, just go see the folks at People State Bank. Again, it's in Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville. For all your financial needs, go see People State Bank. I'll start with the with one that I witnessed. Okay, yeah, we'll do that first. And I think it's going to be probably one of the most, uh, I guess, when you talk about old school, one of the newest old school things. In fact, Gene Allen and I were on the same wavelength. Hello, Gino. Um, it was 2004, February 27, 2004. One of the greatest basketball games I think I ever witnessed, especially in the stands. That was Brandon Christie's senior year. Uh, Red Hill had a pretty good season, but really got hot at the end of the year. Come regional championship, playing at Red Hill, which is always a great uh, environment to watch a basketball game, especially in the tournament. Regionals didn't have the bleachers on the floor, but it was still Red Hill, Lawrenceville, regional championship. Completely packed house. And uh, uh, Bill Richardson, I think Bill tunes in once in a while. He wrote a really fantastic article about this game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal. I'm giving you credit now, Bill. So, But he had mentioned that around 2,000 people in the crowd that night. And I think we, anybody that's been at Red Hill, you kind of know that's about what, what the attendance was. And it was packed to the rafters that night. And and again, for those that remember, does anybody remember that game? I think Brino was there. Yeah, I was sure. actually yeah, there was, that night, yeah. I was with Brino. I was with Brino that night. That was, I was not there. And that was the first yeah. game I had seen in that gym, I think, Gary, since, I, honestly, I think may have been 93 when when I watched you play there in the in the sectional final. So it was, uh, you know, again, Red Hill, Lawrenceville. We always love that. Chip made mention it's always fun, especially when both teams are good. In the mm-hmm. same year, Lawrenceville had already beat Red Hill three times that season going into the game. Wow. So Red Hill was looking at, obviously, an underdog uh, coming into the game. But Red Hill got hot towards the second end of the season. That was a team that uh, – that was the year I coached football, uh, one of my last years coaching football. But, you know, you had uh, Brady Decker and Deb Parrott and uh, Clint Inyert and uh, um, a few of the other guys that, on that team that year that uh, participated uh, and also played football. We had a pretty good football season that year as well. Uh, but that game, what I remember, number one, the crowd, but it was the battle between Ryan Cool and uh, Brandon Christie, especially in the first half. These two uh, just went crazy. Cool uh, sank, his, sank his first seven shots, including a three-pointer, and uh, he scored 13 of the first, in the first quarter and then had 17 uh, by halftime. Uh, but Brandon Christie was just as hot, if not hotter. He made his first four shots and scored 11 of Red Hill's first 15. He then scored 17 and uh, 17 points in the second quarter and had 24 points at halftime, which was also highlighted by uh, taking a shot from the top of the key and burying a three-pointer at the buzzer uh, that, t- that gave Red Hill, uh, that tied the game, I'm sorry, tied the game going into the second half, so the momentum had definitely changed. Um, Brandon scored 32 of the first 42 points of Red Hill that night. So it was a game that I remember uh, – very vividly of how impressive Brandon Christie was. I remember going down the floor afterwards and tell, I said it was the it's the greatest single performance I had ever seen uh, 
during a basketball game. It was it was just unbelievable. Christy had 36, Cool had 31, and uh, that that's it for me. I mean, that's that's my as a as a fan. That was my best memory for sure. It was a great was great final, performance. What was the final score of that game? Uh, 67, uh, 67, 59, Red Hill. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, again, that, that I agree. That's one of the la- That's one of the last great games I can remember seeing at at Red at Red Hill Gym. Um, that was incredible, though. Incredible. Yeah, I wonder first, first it, regional title since '98, uh, yeah. too. Yeah. And we've talked about you know the the dwindling crowds, especially in a in a Red Hill Lawrenceville game. I wonder if that was one of the last really big crowds um, in that gym. You have to wonder. Yeah, they've they've hosted sectionals, but I don't even think the sectionals. Looking at pictures, I mean, they were good crowds, but nothing like what you guys are explaining uh, that night. Yeah, and and it it very very reminiscent. Like I, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I live in a still in a in a basketball crazed area over at Montgomery Bar Reeves number one in the state of Indiana in Class A, and and they probably will walk to a state title um, in, in next week at at uh, Banker's Life. But uh, going back to that, you know, we're, they really lifted a lot of COVID restrictions over here, and 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 to the point where they were going to allow each team to have a thousand tickets to the. Um, Region or well the sectional final and um, the gym holds four thousand and so there should have been two thousand people in the gym and you couldn't find a seat. What they found out, people, the tickets were just on cardstock and just had the logo on it. So I think people were making copies yeah. and uh, so it was a two thousand maximum in the gym and they had four thousand people. So it, it's still alive and well across the river over here at Bar Reeve anyway. <laughs> Tyler Griffin's Pizza House in Bridgeport is the place to go for world-famous Bridgeport-style pizza. And you know they've got an employee pick special of the month each and every month. And for March, that is the Philly cheesesteak pizza, and it's also offered in a sandwich this month. They're open Tuesday through Sunday from 4 to 9, and now they're open for lunch on the first Friday of each month from 11 to 1. And don't forget, you can always call and get delivery. So call 945 945- 3663 or see them at that great location across from the Dog Pound in Bridgeport for Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, Get off your seats and on your feet. And see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. Chip, you want to go next? What's your, what, what you witnessed yeah, was your best? Well, my number one is, it was the, a lot of people's number one. I know Dave actually called it first, so I'm going to let him, I'm going to say if he wants to go over it, but my number one moment, I'll save that till later. So I've got a couple honorable mentions here that may, that were not mentioned, um, and I'll tell you when we get to my number one later. Um, here's one that I came up with, and I don't know if it's my most memorable moment. But the reason I want to give it credit, it's night. It's uh, November 1997. It's the Capital Classic, and this was the Saturday afternoon game. The final, I think, it was the final game on that Saturday afternoon. And there was hardly talking about. It was like the opposite of what you guys saw that night. Um, Crowd-wise, at the gym, uh, there were not very many people left in the gym by that second half, 
and Red Hills 2-0 in the Capital Classic so far. So if they win this game against Newton, they're going to go to the championship game yep. and try to win another uh, Capital Classic, Coach Kendall's fifth Capital Classic. Red Hill does win that game 60-58. to Travis Stolting with an off-balance three-pointer at the buzzer to send Red Hill to the Capital Classic Championship game. I thought it was one of the great buzzer beaters of all time that no one, hardly anyone saw. I remember my remarks after the game was, I was exaggerating, but my remarks were, <laughs> there'll be 3,000 people that were that said they were here at this game this afternoon, and there's only about 100 of us here. There weren't many. And I remember that. <laughs> so I remember I, I was, because we always sat in the, in the end zone there, and I remember running around through the bleachers after he hit the shot, and there was like no one in my way. So <laughs> it looked like a bleacher does it a regular season Red Hill game these days yeah. uh, with no one sitting up there. So um, it was like the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game. There was, there was, 15,000 there that day and and then 20 years later there's 40,000 exactly and yeah which happened just a a mere few months after this happened so um but yeah I I wanted to give that one because I I love a good buzzer beater and uh that's one that you never really hear about anymore because honestly because there weren't that many people there and I know we got some players from that team that are fans of the show so I want to give that some credit Uh, a couple of my other ones I have here were mentioned by will be mentioned by fans coming up. Um, some things we've mentioned, uh, another big one was the 92 regional title. Just just getting that regional title on our home floor uh, was huge um, it, and went on to the sectional championship games we talked about with Coach Kendall. And then another game we talked about with Coach Kendall down at Carmi beating the state-ranked uh, NCOE uh, Cardinals um, yep. in, that, in that game. So those are some of my f- favorite moments. My number two of my top moments we'll talk about later, though. All right. Kinger, you next? Yep. Um, I'm going to stick with football on mine. Um, and I go back and forth between these two games, and I know they're going to get plenty of, get plenty <laughs> of uh, talk in these games. Yeah. I'm kind of changing up. I'm going – I love them both. The 92 win at Mount Carmel. Yeah, my favorite as a fan. Unbelievable. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get some players' perspectives here in a little while. But as a fan, just I guess in the '96 game being the difference, that was a great game as well, and then maybe one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in for a football game at you know in Bridgeport. What were they probably six, seven deep out there circling that field? Oh yeah. But as far as that game though. You knew going into that game, Red Hill had a chance. I know, I know Mount Carmel had no, that's true. Yep. in the regular season, but it's the playoffs. Red Hill had a great season. You knew they had a chance. And a lot, of, I think they had a lot of confidence, anybody, too. If anybody gave Red Hill a chance going into the Mount Carmel game, you know, when I showed up, at half, I didn't get there until halftime. And when we joked, I, you know, went down to the road down to the game with John Putney, and we joked walking down the you know, before we could see the scoreboard walking down the stairs, you know, down to the field that you think it's within 50, you think, it, you know, yeah. think it's 50 to nothing yet. And when we saw the score, it was like 13 to nothing. I was like, wow, that, you know, wow. I, I still don't think we thought we had a chance to win, but we're, we were just impressed that it was somewhat close. Let me, let me interrupt you here real quick, Dave. So, um, it was 13 to nothing at halftime. That's one of those games too. I remember leaving my, uh, my house and my brother here, he was, 
jokingly to my mom, like, you know, have to get Gary out of the hospital. I'm out yeah. Carmel tonight, you know, and we pull into the parking lot, and this has been told many times too, but yeah. their defensive end that went to Navy, Jared Payne, it's almost like the Doc Doc uh, Doc Daniel oh, yeah, story. Doc it's almost the exact yes. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Jared Payne, he's like 6'5", gigantic defensive end. He's doing the yeah. same thing. He's out in the parking yeah. lot, just his football pants, half shirt, half sunglasses, shirt, yeah. bandana, and it's like, holy shit. I mean, like, who's going to have to block this guy tonight? And, uh, it was very, very uh, scary coming out, and then of course the whole long walk down. It's the most iconic football field in Illinois, in my opinion. Yep. I don't know how you get much better than the Snake Pit, but you know we're we're uh, thirteen and thirteen to nothing, feeling pretty good. But we come out, and I think we punted our first possession, and then and then this happens. Wide receiver split wide to the right side of the wishbone formation. Emmons, a deep pitch over the right side. Some running room for the ball carrier. Into the open to the 35 to midfield. Stevens could go all the way. Stevens touches the middle and Stevens will go. Touchdown, Red Hill. 76 yard touchdown run for Bobby Stevens. And just like that, Red Hill back in it. That's when the entire crowd felt like, you know what? We might, we but, might but actually, but, but even I you're still waiting thinking, for the bomb to drop, right? Yeah. I remember thinking, so, you know, it's great, but you know what? Bobby did break a big one against them my but, senior year, the year before. Yeah. Um, so I kind of expected, I kind of expected him to get a couple good runs during the game, but I don't know when I think my, as you know, as Bobby ran a couple, you know, got a couple more big runs, my endearing memory of that game is I think Kelly Tucker was on, he would have been on defense. He was, he played corner, right? Yep, yep. And I could hear Mount Carmel, I could hear somebody on Mount Carmel, might have been their wide receiver across from Tucker, but he came out, he was like, come on, guys, this is Red Hill. <laughs> Tucker's like, yeah, <laughs> 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 I right back. I was like, man, we might win. You know, like, we might win this. We had a, and we had a couple stops there, so I'm going to go ahead and play my next one in. So we're still down 13-6, get a stop. Get the ball right back, and then what are we going to go to? I, I still remember this one is that on first down, uh, Coach Evans calls it a, 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 a triple option play, and I give it to Chancey. Chancey had been getting stuffed. I mean, he wasn't getting anything. He was getting either a loss or a one yard. And on the, the Red Hill film, you can still hear uh, Greg Laughlin. I'm not sure if Greg listens, but Greg Laughlin and Steve Potts are up in the, the booth giving Coach, I guess, some great bird's eye commentary or something. I don't know what they were really doing, but that's what they were up there supposed to be doing. And you can hear Greg yell, Gary, carry the damn thing out. He's like screaming at me from the press box. So next play. Emmons rolling left side pitches to Stevens. Stevens looks for a hole. He's got some running room. He's in midfield. He can go again. There goes Stevens. Stevens going to score again. Can you believe this? And the Salukis are score away. So unfortunately, Vinny. Hey, Vinny, and uh, somewhere What's in Brazil. What's up, Vinny? Somewhere in Brazil, listening to us. Uh, Vinny did miss the first PAT, and on that call, on come on, on, Vinny. on, on come that, on, I know he missed the first one. You know what it sounded like when Vinny kicked up. <laughs> but what's hilarious that I could say the the t touchdown almost got called back because you see. When Bobby is probably going about the five-yard line, Vinny is on about the 30. <laughs> he's on the field already. The referee's right. The referee was still way back there, and he runs right by the referee while Bobby still got the ball. But Vinny knocks the next one down, so now we're tied at we're tied at 13. So 
I think you probably know. I'm going to save the, the next two uh, quips for probably someone later in the show, maybe me, but I'll save the next two for that one. But, uh, you know, obviously very great memories. And in, in, in my opinion, the greatest run hasn't happened. No, yet. it hasn't yet. <laughs> That's what, well, we'll talk about that. What do you got, Chip? Yeah. Well, and this brings us to our – I thought this was a perfect time. One of our first um, audience um, responses here. And you guys talked about – uh, Gary, as he was leaving the house, uh, King was driving down with Putney. Everybody's just kind of, you know, of course, the famous Joe Jones article um, in the fearless pigskin picker that no one was really giving us a chance at all that night. And so we talked about Vinny here, our kicker on that team. It was a foreign exchange student, Vinicius Arajo. And he mentioned a moment as a player, a, a memorable moment was from that night. He said he was told to behave as a player as we were arriving at Mount Carmel, I was told to behave or we were going to get our, have to get our butts kicked even worse. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure who told him that, but he was told to pretty much mind his P's and Q's or it was going to be worse. Tonight. Oh, <laughs> Vinny had a little bit of a swagger, I would say, at times. So yeah, he was probably told to keep that in check or they made it really try to yes. hammer us. Chancey Roderick, this was, uh, this was his, of course. The, his, his best memory as a player was this game. Thanks, Chancey, for, for uh, letting us know. Yeah, I think, and, and by the way, you know, if you are new to the podcast, which we're finding people every week say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. This is awesome. And, and like Chip has said many times, this is uh, on our podcast. We're not, you know, with it not being live or anything else where we don't cover topical, you can go back and listen anytime. So go back and listen to the Bill Evans uh, episode um, in the archives because he, he goes into great detail on the lead up to this and and um and talks about this game as well as many others and we are still planning when we can get together and we're inching out of this pandemic uh we want to do part two with coach evans um in live and in person at gray's restaurant and uh we'll, we may just make a dang party out of the whole thing so stay tuned for that go back in the archives and listen to coach evans episode chip and well brian i think we're ready for your favorite moment as a um as a fan well most memorable moment you know as a fan. I, i'm kind of like chip i I've, I've got a few a few uh, honorable mentions first i wanted to mention um my the guy to my right mr gary emmons went down to was it wolf run in the sectional wolf lake wolf lake um and was absolutely unhittable down there um was was striking out i don't know it felt like you struck out the first six or seven guys you were you were striking them all out they couldn't touch him and and i'm out in the outfield being the loud mouth that i am and every time he strikes one out i said set him up mow him down mm. and we and we were doing just that until they found out that they could bunt and then they started bunting and we couldn't field it and uh but but that was that was a great moment um chip and one you, of justin Shear's favorite moments too oh that's right yeah he did yes. mention that <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. No, thank you. Um, I, I could always be interrupted by Justin Shear. Um, Tracy Legg going after the record at, at uh, Red Hill. I was a kid sitting up in the stands, and uh, I, I could put all those nights into one thing that I witnessed. Um, Height and I sitting there drinking kick and eating Rolos and watching watching Kurtz and, and all those guys play basketball, Berkeley Carey, um, Terry McAdow with a full beard as a junior, which was awesome. But um, but Tracy Legg, the night he he uh, was going for a scoring record and was just lighting it up, and they were feeding the ball. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm going to lump a lot of these into one again. Um, Mandy Cunningham and her teams um, in in those tournament games, and and unfortunately never got across the 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 hurdle of 
Teotopolis, but those nights against them, it's one of those big game atmospheres when you knew it was going to be a great game, you anticipated it was a great game, and, and they always were. Um, so the, those were pretty awesome. Actually, I'll jump in here and throw out an honorable mention for that. You know, I know we always – they had their problems with Teotopolis, but winning at T-Town mm-hmm. and their Christmas during their post-holiday tournament in January, that was a – that was an amazing game to be a part of because that that gym had a great atmosphere as well. Yeah, it was yeah. packed, and to go in there and beat them, it was a close close game, but beat them pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, it was with. I think they ended up winning by maybe five points or so. I mean, it wasn't like a buzzer beater or anything. Um, it, you know, that was a that was a great moment and, as far and, as basketball. And the great Mandy Cunningham lists that as her most memorable moment as a player. So awesome. uh, to get some listener participation in there, that was that win over T-Town that night. That's number one for her. Yeah. Um, and another uh, honorable mention that I had. No, I guess that's all my honorable mentions that I had. Um, but if, if I was going to list one <laughs> of a, a real quick list of opposing players, Marty Simmons just going absolute berserk um, in our gym in a packed house, which we've talked about that game um, at length back in the archives. Um, as an eighth grader, another game we talked about with Coach Dixon watching Tim Locum <laughs> trying to guard Tim Locum go for forty four and forty four in the same game wearing that same jersey number that was pretty cool. But I, I think my most memorable um, moment that I, I thought of and I kind of just went with this was um, the night uh, was it it was at Mount Carmel right Chip? at Mount Carmel yeah. yep uh, January fifth junior high or junior high junior varsity game Eric Holtz hits a buzzer beater. And then uh, just a back and forth tight varsity game, and Stacy Moore comes up with a, a fantastic steal and was going down and knew exactly how much time was on the clock, exactly how much time he had, and pulls up from I don't know 15, 18 feet with a couple yeah. people chasing him and, and drains a, a buzzy buzzer beater to win the varsity game. Um, just one what of those night. just crazy nights and 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 while i give it to stacy shout out to eric too for for an amazing uh amazing ending to a jv game as well yeah from a guy that uh saw almost every basketball game in his high school career that's my biggest regret is i missed that night for whatever reason did not go to mount carmel that night and Missed yeah. two, missed two amazing games. But, yeah, hey, oh well. And and Chip brought up Juice. Um, just looking down his list of what he had, um, I I did want to, you know, he talked about Mandy versus T Town again. Gary he mentioned the Gary unhittable, uh, all the buzzer beaters that Brandon had. And Chip, you were witness to all of them, probably. Yeah, I I think I've seen I saw about every basketball game he ever played in. Um. Yeah, and, and for those of I know it's been thrown out there, and trust me, Brandon Smith is going to get his own podcast sometime. It's honestly one we're trying to work up to. I don't know. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about him, and it's going to be heart-wrenching at times too. So we'll get to that one. Anybody that's waiting for that Brandon Smith podcast, trust me, it, it will happen. Uh, what else did Juice talk about? Uh, Cameron Shoulders pinch hit double to win the regional. Gary, you can probably talk about that one. Well, I was going to talk about that, but that you know, I guess that would be one of mine as a player. But Cameron was hitting about maybe a buck ten that year. He didn't have he didn't play hardly at all that just, year. Just a sophomore. Yeah, he was just a sophomore. And coach, for whatever reason, he wanted to pinch it for Chancey Roderick in that moment. 
And uh, he puts in, and we were down, I think, at that time, three to two, I believe. And uh, puts in, uh, you know, a young sophomore and for for a junior, and he felt it. Coach felt it, and by God, he came through with the, with the double to, uh, to give us the lead in the top of the sixth. So, yeah, that was a, a great memory. Probably another one of those games that not very many people, just not very many people went to baseball games. So not many very many people there to watch that one for us to, to win that one. But that was huge. I actually That's, saw that one. I, oh, I wow. I haven't seen a lot of your guys' answers, but I was there for that one. That goes big in, in Red Hill War. That is one of those things, again, that not only a few of us that were there and a few fans, I guarantee Cameron Cameron uh, remembers that one for sure because that was humongous. We lose that game if he doesn't come through for sure. I hope this isn't a, uh, a a preview of what our listeners do, but in in the room tonight with us, kind of listening to us do this podcast, we got my mom Jan, uh, one of our podcast biggest fans, my beautiful wife Kirsten, two of my daughters Dylan and Olivia, and Gary's fiance Laura, and three of them are dead asleep right now. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, thanks for coming out, gals. Yeah. <laughs> so who's still awake? Uh, well, is Liv awake? Well, Liv is awake. I'm sorry. So only two. Okay. Dylan is out, and Laura is really catching flies over there. Laura's first mentioned in the podcast. Yeah. I actually met Laura over the weekend, so nice to meet you, Laura. No, she can't hear you. <laughs> uh, when she goes, I'm, I know she's a big listener. Oh, so I'm when sure. She back and, when she hears this show, she'll hear that. I'm sure. I Although, if my mom's listening to this live... We, we still need you to listen to the podcast to get that extra listen on <laughs> yes, our stats. Downloads. Uh, but hey, let's, this will be a good time to take a break from uh, one of our sponsors, and I'll just mention them all real quick again Gray's Restaurant, Andrew's Insurance, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, People State Bank, and Sensible Solutions Waste Consultants. Go ahead, Chip. I was going to say, I, I was, um, I, I went back to Lawrence County Friday night before the Saturday race in Evansville. And I did have those two, two grace cheeseburgers, pickles only order of fries, mm. um, taste the same as they did in 1985. I mean, what, yeah. You can't go the, wrong. What's, what's John Bon Jovi say? <laughs> Something about going home. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to thank John uh, Bon Jovi and the, and the whole Bon Jovi family for not suing us yet for using that song. We appreciate that. But we'll be right back with a word from our sponsor. You know, 90% of all companies in this country are overpaying on their waste and recycling expenses. Well, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting can help you with that. Whether it's a big business or, or just a small one with a one dumpster out back, they can take a look at why you're overspending, and those reasons are, well, your contracts don't protect you from price spikes, your service levels are inefficient, the contracts allow for crazy ancillary fees to be charged, you need different equipment, or you just need your invoices looked over. And you know how it is when you call the waste companies, you're on hold for 25 minutes, or you don't ever get a call back. Let Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting do all of that for you. They'll audit your equipment, your invoices, make sure that those companies are doing what they're supposed to do. Give them a call, 812-787-3598, or email them, sensiblesolutionswaste at gmail.com. 812-787-3598. Let their team help you reduce your waste expenses. It's risk-free. If Sensible Solutions doesn't save you money, you don't pay. 812-787-3598, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting. All right, we are back listening and listing some great 
Red Hill Memories. Um, I wanted to just mention one more real quick that that uh, I don't know how many people mentioned this um, that Justin Shear put on his uh, he did he did do a top ten not like you guys a top nine for your race um, but number ten was David King versus Alan Walls in that classic one on one. For that final <laughs> I, final jersey, it would fit I somebody. I would pay good money for a video of that one on one match. I still pe- I still picture people circled around you like when Rocky was fighting Tommy Morrison out in that <laughs> out in that parking lot. Sure they were. I'm sure they were. <laughs> so, uh, do we have any other uh, games that we witnessed that anybody wants to talk about? Well, let's see. Oh, there, there's so many. Like I said, a couple of my main ones we're going to talk about later when we get to listener. Um, but, yeah, that definitely that, that Mount Carmel game you talked about uh, down there, that was a great night that I didn't mention. But And I'll tell you um, another one. Um, watching my buddies Kevin Tucker and Neil Heath run through people at the Fresh Soft Wrestling Tournament was mm-hmm. always really, really fun to watch because that was always, again, I don't know how many teams came to that thing. There was just a ton of, of people there, lots of teams, and it was fun to watch those guys uh, – um, body slam people off the top ropes and yeah. things. <laughs> I, obviously, none of us. We, we mentioned this just briefly. David did the '96. Was anyone going to talk about that one more? Or we all went around already. The it, nice. Well, we had some fans that. Yeah, we'll, yeah that was yeah, that was a huge one because I let's think. Let's go ahead and talk about yeah. that now. Yeah, I think that's a game that uh, again we went down there in the regular season and hung with them and probably should have beat them. We had a, 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 a little trickeration at the end that got us back into it. I think it was they called it the the Chief Special, which it was a. Standing pop to Steve Wilson, and Steve Wilson fired it down to I believe Josh Josh Hill, who was tackled uh, inside the five. Uh, it was a great game, and I think I don't know who I was there with that night, but we were actually gonna we were making our way out when that when that pass was completed. We thought the game was over, so shame on us being Saluki fans. But you know we did uh, just lose by a bit that night. So you know getting in '96, uh, they beat Eldorado in the first round handily, and then you you get Mount Carmel. Uh, I guess basically in, in uh, to play them in the next round, and we got to host it. And as far as environments go, we talk about the sectional environment at Red Hill whenever we got to host the sectional and uh, how amazing that is. But that day in Bridgeport in November, uh, that's that's by far the biggest crowd there's ever been in a football game at Red Hill by far, well, I would say. And, and, and honestly, just from a psyche standpoint, as a Red Hill player, fan, um, even though we had had some good football teams and the tide was changing and, and we had been on a roll, to play Mount Carmel in a playoff game, well, first of all, to play Mount Carmel and know you got a chance to win was something that, you know, it was still foreign to us. I, uh, yeah. You know, it just was. <laughs> but to know that you're going to play them at home in a playoff game and you got a chance to win um, and obviously – not only did the the coaching staff and the players think that, but you look at videos of that game. The damn town thought that too because everybody showed up. Yeah, and it's uh you know again Red Hill playing Mount Carmel in the three A playoffs. When you look how they did the playoffs back then, was a little a little bit different based on a lot of your opponents and their sizes and things like that. So Red Hill in the three A playoffs and then having some success and beating and beating uh, them that day. But those were some just huge plays. Mount Carmel just couldn't keep the ball that day. I think they lost ten fumbles that day. And uh, one of the one of those was this play right here. Sack on Rafferty and scored from 40 yards away. Wow, what a play! And Red Hill now is within 14 to 
So again, fourteen. We we're coming back. We were down uh, down early in that one. And Josh makes a great fumble recovery. I remember him diving into the end zone when he probably didn't need to, but it looked good on uh, good on film. <laughs> yeah, he met, Josh actually uh, messaged me. He mentioned that it, um, pretty obvious answer there. As a player, that was one of his most his most memorable moment as a player. That forty yard fumble recovery in the playoff game, and uh, he wanted to give some credit to Willard Pritz also, who he said on that fumble recovery that Willard Pritz actually caused the fumble. So our first Willard Pritz uh, mentioned I've, that was wow. Well, yeah. I've never heard that name before. He's really a tough, mm-hmm. tough kid, man. Really? Willard Pritz. Yeah, he was yeah. a tough, hey, tough kid. Is Willard a listener? Do we know? I'm sure he is. I mean, uh, who does? Everybody listen? in town listens. Don't <laughs> That's <they>? true. <laughs> Stupid me. <laughs> so hey, Willard, shout out. Yeah. What's up, so to, to stay on with it with this game, I mean, uh, whether you call it the dumbest uh, play call in the history of sports, I don't know, but you know, it's it's third and long. I think Billy had gotten he ran a, either I don't know if it was a some sort of a full house and he was a sweep quarterback sweep and got stuffed to to the three yard line. So we're looking at third and long, not looking good and. Uh, Coach Gaither, I think, suggested to run the old cowboy sweep. So, cowboy right, sweep left. Good call, Tony. Yeah, to where you see it, and Fred Akers gets the handoff from Brandon Tully just about seven yards deep into the end zone. And, uh, like I said, I don't know. Dumbest call or the greatest Great. call. Well, I don't know. As what, it turns it, out. Guts, gutsy call or that. There so. you go. That's was, probably it, the best way to it, say it. It was gutsy, and then this, this came to be. You're not going to believe what he's going to do. And running in the end zone, and out of the end zone is Akers to the 5 and to the 10. He's still on his feet. He may go. Oh, my. He's on the left sideline. Chills. And he's going to score. Oh, crazy. Holy mackerel. He is going to score a touchdown. He ran into the end zone and out of the end zone and ran all the way down the field. Unbelievable. 97 uh, yards. He ran about 130 probably. What he say? He ran into the end zone and, and out of the end zone. That's a great call. Hey, I've got something kind of kind of neat here um, that I'm going to play a, a, a little sound clip. Um, and, and for anybody that knows, uh, Ryan Haywood from Mount Carmel is now the basketball coach uh, for the Lagodi Lions. And, and, uh, and I've mentioned here on the show, if you ever want to listen to a podcast about this area, um, look up Birdie's Bourbon and Basketball anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, covers a lot of Davis and Martin County sports. We got PGA players, NBA players, all kind of good stuff. So tune in, but um, especially this time of year in basketball, focusing here on uh, Davis and Martin County. But anyway, so Ryan Haywood was was on our show on uh, doing a sectional sixty three preview, and then the next night he was on WRZR, and they had kind of a coaches roundtable as well. And uh, the question posed to all the sectional coaches: What's what's a play that kind of still keeps you up at night when you were a player something that went wrong that maybe you still uh, gives you some heartburn so ryan was down the line he was going to go like fourth and i texted him and i said uh that tackle against red hill dot 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 and he texted me back he said that's exactly what i'm going to say so i was able to record it and here so uh, Lagodi lion basketball coach and former mount carmel football player ryan haywood describing the very play that we just talked about at bridgeport and um and they're not supposed to beat us you know we're, we're mount carmel and i think it's real they might be tied 
fourth quarter, they run a double reverse out of their end zone. I'm the corner on the opposite side. I've got an angle on him, you know, and I just cannot close that gap. I can remember, I just thought about this the other day, you know, laying out and trying to to trip him up or trying to tackle him. And I can just feel that the back of his, it was a Nike cleat and I just scraped the back of his foot and I hit the ground and I look up and there he goes, you know, he's on down the sideline and, and we lost and, you know, the funny story is, if you know anything about Bridgeport, Illinois, we're on the bus, and we're heading out of town. We get stopped by a train in the middle of the town. So cars are just circling <laughs> us like sharks <laughs> in, the, in the ocean. I mean, they're just yelling at us and harassing us and, and everything else. But but that's the one that, that I still think about, you know, and, and, and it wake me up in the middle of the night and just be, you but know. You've had dreams about oh, it, Oh, man, absolutely. I mean, you know, recently, you yeah. know, I, I still think about it. <laughs> yeah. You know so uh, thanks to WRZR and Greg Bateman, who hosts that show uh, over there. And again, thanks for Coach Haywood for letting me use that clip on our podcast. But I thought that was kind of a neat story, a neat perspective. Red Hill fans circling the bus. I mean, I can't imagine that anyone <laughs> would have done anything like that. But. And then I guess to, to maybe uh, just seal this game, uh, I think this clip kind of did it, sealed the game for us. And we knew at that point that it was over. And here is Greg. He's optioning to the left, and he's going to have a first down and then some. He could score down the left sidelines. He's going to do it. Red Hill's going to do it. That could be it. Gray scores unbelievable. That may wrap it up for Red Hill. A 57-yard touchdown run for Gray. You just won't believe the scene. Red Hill senses they won it. They have a huge lead on the scoreboard with 2.06 to go. And this happen what's his name the announcer scott allen scott allen, allen yeah uh, uh, he was the mark carmel broadcast right yeah they was on, it yeah. was a tv broadcast they oh, had on TV. okay that that explains it i've always thought when i've heard those clips like he's really excited and doesn't sound like what you yeah, would as a homer he does a good job of kind of trying to stay in the i mean a lot of and i and i love homers on um you know low you know sports but is he still he around had, Yep, still doing the games. Let's, because um, I want to do an, an episode. I want to get Bill Richardson and and uh, and and some of the other broadcasters. Steve Anderson. Um, wish we could get Kent Langford, but um, it'd be fun maybe to see if we can talk to him and get some quotes from him on on memorable Red yeah, Hill I mean, moments. I guarantee that'll come up. He's seen a lot. I mean, because a lot of it, I mean, the great moments were against Mount Carmel, so he's seen a lot of them. I think I called Scott Allen one time when he had made a. I, did, yeah. I fell a fairly unfair shot at coach Evans it was we weren't it was just a, a Mount Carmel playoff game and he made some sort of a mention of Red Hill and coach Evans and I, I called the station on Monday morning to let him know how <laughs> inappropriate I thought make it sure was. you remember that chip we'll bring that up See if you okay. <laughs> so we got is it time we got any more from Facebook chip that you want to share well, I, yeah I got a few that we'll go through yeah here. let's do that and um and I will say that is my number one the 96 playoff game versus Mount Carmel I gave a lot of honorable mentions because I knew we would get to this one later um the atmosphere the outcome of the game rushing the field after the game uh being one of those cars circling the Mount Carmel bus after the game oh, you were <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was really I know I was riding around town honking along with a lot of other people I don't really remember circling the bus but if there was circling there, going on I was sure yeah, yeah there's decent chance you were there. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Joe Kurtz mentioned his, as a fan, one of his favorite moments was the, um, 
the Freddie Akers t- uh, reverse the touchdown run we talked about is uh, one of his most memorable moments as a fan. Um, a lot of people mentioned this day uh, Mason Akers, uh, the 96 playoff win over Mount Carmel, his most memorable moment. Um, Bill Pound and Billy Gray as a player, um, most memorable moment as a player was that day as they were both on that team. Uh, um, Gene Allen said the 96 playoff game against Mount Carmel was a uh, most memorable moment as a fan, along with the basketball game against Lawrenceville that we had talked about earlier. Um, so, and one thing, Billy, you guys kind of talked about it. Uh, he kind of puts the word or did put the word upset in quotation marks, because this was a game, unlike the 92 game and coach Evans mentioned that too. This is a game we thought we would win. Um, I don't know if all, all of we, or at least the fans knew we had a chance the players, coaching staff, I mean, they went in that game thinking that we were going to win that game, where I don't think that was the case in 92. Um, yeah, and, so, and, and about um, that game, I just want to jump in here. One of our sponsors, Tyler Griffin, also chimed in on that game too and, and said one memory yes. that, that Tyler has that comes to mind is during that, that 96 playoff game after Mount Carmel scored their second touchdown. He saw Brandon Tully come to the sideline and smashed a water bottle on the ground. He said he really feels like that was the turning point of the game, and the seniors went back on the field incredibly fired up. Yeah, I didn't know that story, so I'm going to go back and watch the video now and see if the if the water bottle smash made it onto video because the turning point, um, yeah, Tyler would have been a uh, sophomore on that team. So, yeah, sophomore on that team, so um, um, Mike Smith, not, not Lance and Brandon's dad, but uh, – Josh and Chad Hill's uncle, Mike Smith, yep. uh, the, he uh, demo- demolishing them in the 96 playoffs and watching his uh, – n- in the regular season game that they lost that Gary mentioned, that just barely lost that game, his nephew Josh Hill um, catching a post pattern at the Mount Carmel four-yard line. Well, that was a big moment as uncle for him. I know he's always – Chad and Josh, he was always yeah. uh, there supporting them at all their events. So um, – Ryan Mack, I'll just said beating Mount Carmel. I assume he's talking about the 92 game, but there's a lot. I mean, we've talked about beating Mount Carmel three or four times tonight. Yeah, so already. Oh, it's, I love it, several. too. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, uh, Bill Rink, William Rinker, um, he he had a, uh, a memory. And, and again, uh, we uh, again, one of those things we're trying to figure out a way to do it. We want to do a Jim Drury, Gary Huber wrestling show. Um it's one of those that we've actually talked about because I know Coach uh, Huber lives up in Chips area. We'd like to maybe us travel up to Chips area and sit down with Coach Drury and 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 talk to him in person. Um, sometimes I think we lose a little bit of person personality when we're over Zoom or the telephone, and and those have been great. But we'd like to sit down, but and really dig into the wrestling a little bit. Unfortunately, none of us were wrestlers and. Um, our our main main uh, connection to wrestling was through some friends, mine being Neil and and Tuck and, uh, but uh, Rinker said uh, first was '93 at the Sports Bank when when Coach Huber announced uh, him as and listed what he did that year. The whole banquet stood up and gave him a standing ovation. He remembers looking at Huber and his teammates, seeing how proud they were. Second was, that was in, awesome. I, I got goosebumps reading that. I loved yeah, it. That yeah, was cool. That is, it, it's really cool. Um, you know, that's the beauty of wrestling or, or any individual sport, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're, yeah. you're not only out there to, to fail on your own, but when, when you do something good, you're going to be recognized because it's, it's you out there on that mat all by yourself. 
Uh, second was in 94 at the uh, Unity Invitational. The wrestling team had a good day. He took first. Chad Edwards took fourth. Peter Buchanan, fifth. Eric Hoskinson placed sixth. Ryan Brown was fifth. Chancey Roderick placed second. Shane Lumpy Wilson was wrestling in the finals and losing by five to returning state qualifier. Uh, Lumpy hit a move and ended up pinning his opponent. He jumped up with a huge smile on his face, and that kid's got a smile. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. Lumpy. Big smile. Big smile on his face and a big number one finger in the air. Not only was this his first tournament he had won, but because of the pin, we ended up with a fourth-place team trophy, and, and that's a pretty prestigious tournament. And said Coach Huber was just ecstatic. So uh, that's a great memory, not only for uh, – for Bill Rinker, but also Lumpy. What just a what a good guy, and and glad we could cover that. So thanks, Rinker, for uh, sending that yeah. in. So is it time to move on to our as a player? Yeah, and then we'll get to anything we missed on Facebook or we can always get to those at, at the end too. We'll fill in the blanks here. We'll make sure everybody gets mentioned because Jeff Todd from the I believe the seventy eight Red oh, Bull wow. has just sent in a memory. So Holy cow! Stuff. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Again, right, so that, we'll get, that Jeff Todd latch leg Kurtz Berkeley. That's that's my wheelhouse, man. That's what yeah. I was. Let's I was, go. Let's go. Oldest to youngest here. Well, right, as, a, as a player. Um, yeah. I'm going to a couple of things that I, I, I'm going to say I stand out. We talked about this on the Richard Dixon as kind of a, uh, an honorable mention was watching Shannon Krismer win the hurdles in a track meet that he'd never <laughs> run hurdles before. I mean, running hurdles is not easy and, and you, you've got to be incredibly, I don't care if the field was down, you've got to be incredibly athletic to uh to go out and, and and do those things when you have when you don't know how to run the hurdles because he was literally just running and jumping over there there was no style so shannon the things, but, are, way, the things are way higher than you think they yeah are, and, and listen shannon grismer was just a freak of nature um yeah, absolutely un, unbelievable um but as a player that i did i listen i was very mediocre in nearly everything i did um but in the 1987 regional semifinals, uh, we're playing Lawrenceville, and uh, we are down, I believe we're down three, and I'm batting behind Shannon and uh, playing Lawrenceville, of course, our rivals, and we had played against those guys from Little League on. Delmer Waters was on the mound, and he had thrown a real nice game, and they had left him in going into the top of the seventh. Um, I'm, I'm not, honestly not sure who was on base, but... Um, but Shannon hit a, just an absolute bomb to tie that game up in the top of the seventh. And, uh, and then I come up and, and as Joe Jones wrote about it in the paper, I'd never hit a home run in my entire career, minor league, little league, Babe Ruth league, Sumner pony league, anything. I'd never hit a home run. And, uh, I really almost called because every time I see Delmer waters, uh, it's the first thing that I say to him. He's like, hey, remember that time you threw uh, that, you hung that curveball on the outside of the plate? And uh, I, I almost wanted to call him and say, hey, remember? But uh, anyway, he he throws a curveball on the outside of the plate. And uh, as Bill Evans taught me to do, I was going to go to right field with it because at that point, I just want to get on base and then see if we can get around and score again. And, and just somehow caught it right in the middle of the bat down at Grayville and, uh, and parked one over the right field bleachers, into the right field bleachers. And, uh, and so we went back to back to, uh, to win that. Oh, and, field power even. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it was big, big, big power. And and speaking of, we talked about him earlier, Mike Kurtz. Um, you know, Mike Mike didn't get terribly excited a lot of times, and uh, I remember him. I got into the dugout and we did our little celebration or whatever, and and I put my helmet away, and I just remember him walking up to me, and he literally, I'm not joking, grabbed me by the ears, and said. Where did that ball go? And I'm like so excited, I can't think of what he wants me to say. And I just looked at him. He said, "It went downtown." <laughs> so a uh, real good memory. And then to cap that day off, so we go out bottom of the seventh, and uh, and and I'm not. I'm, I think Shannon was on the mound. It may have been Stacy, one of the two. Uh, shuts Lawrenceville down, and and we end up re- winning. And then and uh, and skip ahead, went down and got beat on just one of the great plays that i've ever seen um we should have beat mount carmel in the finals who then went on to play for the state championship so what could have been but anyway i remember that day after we beat lawrenceville and we're on the bus on the bus ride home and, and scotty and ashley evans were on the bus and uh they they came and sat by me and and kind of ended up both of them with one head on on my left shoulder and one on my right shoulder and both of them fell asleep riding home and it was just yeah. a really just a fun cool moment that that I'm sure they don't remember but but I do so really cool day um, didn't hit <laughs> I hit one home run but it was exactly the right time yes it was that's yeah that's awesome I, I actually missed that game and I will always regret that my dad went to that game and just kind of you, you going with me today and i no i don't think so i'll just stay home i don't i don't see that's i don't remember this game either and i can't imagine that i wouldn't have been there yeah unless I, my mom mom is pointing and saying that you weren't there gary i don't know where chip was i with you I'm did sure we, go we do were something? probably together doing something <laughs> probably went to racks and went and played putt butter or something i get no, we, no i don't know what, had your license young. yeah <laughs> well, lynn took us I don't know. We we weren't there. I don't know Lynn why. Was we was at the game. Oh, that's right. He was there. <laughs> Shit. Married him. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Mom, but. you were there, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And my grandma, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I just see you know, Something was... Little League would have well, been at least, I don't at least know. Scotty and Ashley were there. I probably. wasn't doing a thing that day. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was sitting in the living room, and when he left, and I was still there when he got back, and I couldn't believe the story he had to tell me, and I missed. Um, and we call you a super fan. Friend, my next door neighbor's home run, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't know it was going to happen, quite no, frankly. You just, that's the thing. You just With sports, you just never know. And so I didn't go to Bingo Holman's 44-point game either. I wasn't there for that. Oh, Those wow. are some of my regrets as a Red Hill fan, the games I missed. Now, like the 92 Mount Carmel game, I was I was at EIU. I mean, you don't expect to come home for the weekend of the Mount. Right. A special trip home to go the Mount, go down to Mount Carmel to the game. So, yeah. I mean, um, chances weren't good. Right. <laughs> uh, so let's move on, King. Let's go to you, brother. <laughs> are are we headed back to the blue white game by chance? Well, I don't know how we're not. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that out for this time. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> I'll throw out. I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple honorable mentions. Um, teams that I was on but wasn't you know, wasn't really a player on. I was just a freshman on the, on the 88 team that um, went eight and one in the regular season. Uh, two games, uh, basically both the playoff games that year. First game, Wednesday night, Casey at Red Hill. Um, just an incredible game, incredible atmosphere. Yeah. You know, primetime, Red Hill. The fact that the game was zero to zero through regulation, how right, I know. That, How yeah, you're right. That. Yeah, right. You, you, you somebody's gonna hit a long pass or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. I'm but surprised they, actually that didn't get brought up any. 
But then, you know, once overtime starts, then things kind of start opening up a little bit. Um, you know, we, we trade touchdowns and extra points, um, 14 to 14 going into the second overtime. We score first. Um, I don't remember the details of how we scored, but we score, go um, and kick the extra point to go up. Uh, am I right here? Seems like I'm missing something. I don't know. I'm not sure if I remember. Yeah. Anyway, Casey, score, Casey scores um, when they get the ball back. Touchdown. Instead of instead of going, kicking the extra point and going for the tie, they go for two and go for the win. You know, ballsy call. But uh, and Stacy Moore, Stacy Moore with a great tackle at about the, you know, probably between the goal line yeah, and the one yard line. Yeah, half yard line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would. I mean, just stop them and then basically Red Hill wins the game. I mean, that was that was inc- just an incredible moment. And Red and Bridgeport had never. That was our first play. Learn, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, first, again, we've talked about game. before. That was we that was never, when Red Hill started learning how to win. Yeah, right. And we, you know, we'd had some big games that year, big wins that year. But Red Bridgeport at that point had never experienced that in football. Um, so that was a very memorable game. And then turn around. We've talked about it before, but turn around the bus trip out to uh, Carlisle. Following, oh, yeah. Three days later. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and, yeah. maybe the, and maybe the cult that what makes that game memorable to me is not the, not the final score because it wasn't a close game. I mean, Car- looking, looking back at it, I think probably we gave Carlisle the best game that they had on their way to the, you know, winning the state. Um, but it still wasn't close. Um, right. I think we were without Mark Ambrose that game, and it would you know it was twenty I think a twenty eight to nothing final. Yeah, never really in the game, but you know what makes that game memorable to me is just how cold it was. Yeah, everyone <laughs> says the, that. Maybe yeah. the cold because I was in, I was on crutches on the sideline. I had never uh, I broke my foot in the final uh, fresh soft game of the year, so I was the only I was the only freshman on the sideline that was not in full pads. And so I was even, I was <laughs> even, even colder. colder. Yeah. And then about, I don't know, in the second half that the sleet started, I mean, it's a big open football field. There wasn't any trees or anything around it. And the sleet came in from the West. <laughs> it was just, it was yeah, just but, awful. And if you, go, if you haven't listened to episode 21, the Fred Kindle episode, he kind of talks about that cold day a little bit during uh, that yeah, yeah. defensive coordinator on that. That's team. right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, my favorite game in which I was a participant, uh, my most memorable game, and this is a game that's not going to get talked about too much probably on this, so kind of wanted to give a shout-out to it. The final game of my senior year, um, 1991. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lawrenceville at Red Hill. Okay. Um, of course, you know, Lawrenceville, Red Hill is always a big rivalry. What really made this rivalry special this year, of course, both teams are 0-8 going into the, uh, going into the game. We might not as well have been eight. No, it didn't matter, right? <laughs> not only was Lawrenceville zero and eight, Lawrenceville hadn't scored a point all season. <laughs> no, not one point. That's awesome. <laughs> and and of course, what our calling card was that year was we would score six points about every game. Yeah, and then that, and then that was it. <laughs> the other team would either blow us out or, you know, they would however many points they scored and you know win the game but uh so that game starts off i'm starting left i'm starting left tackle i think it was our first series uh matt ambrose uh 
Matt Ambrose, which I don't know why he was carrying the ball instead of Bobby, um, just happened to just happened to be on the right play or whatnot. But he runs basically a 75, uh, 75 yard touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh well. You know, start, starts off where we're our to our normal, basically six zero lead. Um, we we held that lead into halftime. Um, Lawrenceville scored fairly. I, I want to say about midway. Finally scored about midway through the third quarter, and when they scored, that was about the most fired up bunch of players I'd e- opposing players <laughs> I'd ever yeah. I'd ever seen. And from that moment on, they were they were a handful. Yeah, and I'm a left I'm a left tackle. John Putney's at left guard, or uh, yeah, John Putney's at left guard. Lance Blocker and Tim Nolan, we couldn't do anything with them. They were they were blitzing as as fast as you know. They were blitzing every play. We couldn't do you know we couldn't do anything yeah. against them. We somehow you know we weren't we weren't keeping the ball. We were but we were stopping them on we were stopping them when we were on defense. Um, so we go to overtime, time yeah. six to six. I mean, <laughs> karma, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, we stopped it. So we stopped them first on defense. They had the ball first. We stopped them. And then I believe the first play from scrimmage got handed to uh, Big Old Aaron Lukens. It just ran it. I'm sure he ran, power right, eye, yeah. ran right over uh, Adam Dink Fry. Probably. You got it from the 10 yard line, I believe, in uh, in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four yeah. plays so from the 10. I think, the first, I, think the first, I think it was the first play from scrimmage handed there. And he, he waltzed right in the end zone. Won, won, won our first game in two over two seasons. And, um, you know, you, great, you, great way to cap off a uh, a uh, extremely uh, disappointing high school football career. If, <laughs> if you talk to some of those Lawrenceville guys, they're confident that, that PAT was good on their first touchdown, and they that they would have won seven to six. But I don't know. The referee said it was wide left. Hey, standing right no memory, there. I have no yeah. memory of that one. So yeah, chipper. And I will to continue with Dave's here. Um, I was that was my other one. I didn't mention on uh, great moments as a fan because i knew they'd be brought up later that 88 playoff win over casey westfield uh would definitely be uh right there um along with the 96 playoff win as uh, great moments as a as a fan um and also mandy cunningham mentioned her most memorable moment as a fan was that 88 football team knocking off casey in the playoffs um kind of scrolling through here to see if anybody else mentioned um that one i don't think so um but yeah that was a great first playoff game first playoff win the familiar you know we've talked about all the time the wednesday the wednesday night playoff game so um we'll go on to my moments as a player now um don't really have a lot of moments as a player i have some from like young when i was younger and so forth but um i've got one i've got one of you as a player I got one too. So. Oh wow! Okay, are we gonna get to those tonight or on the Chip Jamerson episode? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, let's we'll, save that for the Chip episode because we gotta do the spotlight. Yeah, on that's Chip. true. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just go over a couple things here as a player. Uh, most of my career was um, that I play. I didn't play a lot of varsity. But football is the only sport I ever addressed varsity, and so I did play JV and baseball and basketball my freshman sophomore year. Um, played football my junior senior year, um, but, but mostly I was like. Growing up and being in sports, I was always I was always on the bench. So I got, as I said, I was always there for uh, at least um, on the bench through through tenth grade for the uh, for all the Brandon buzzer beaters. So um, yeah. that would be just kind of being a part 
of that and um, not actually being the person um, providing the great moments, um, but just being a part of that team and being around those guys is just uh, so thankful I had that opportunity to yeah. practice with them every day, uh, play with them every day, be on the bench, celebrate the victories. Um, another, and now this is, I tried to stay away from some, some of the younger years, but I'll tell you what, a memorable as a player, one of my first moments as a player was when it was junior pro night at Red Hill High School and at halftime of the JV game, yeah. you got to go down. That was awesome, yeah. You got to go down that court, that same court that your heroes were playing on, that Chuck and Berkeley were playing on that night, and you got to get – it was like a five-minute game at most, I'm sure, but oh. um, just being a part of that. Because by halftime of the JV game back then, it's, it's, pretty started, good crowd. it's starting to fill up a little bit. Yeah. We're not packed yet, but you're playing in front of a full house on that – on that magical there, floor. So. There's already been visiting people trip over that little step there behind, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, behind my times. seat. Yes. Um, I would say David King even scored a couple buckets when he was out there. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. it's just, oh, shit. And I know Matt McCullough's mentioned that to me before how that's one of his most yeah. earliest memorable moments as a, as a player was. A, so that's something that came to mind. Um, I'd say as a varsity player, just that, that win over Oblong, my um, senior, my junior year. Uh, we'll get into this game in detail when we have Coach Bagaby on the show and when we get to the 89-90 school year. Uh, we'll get to it a little more, but we were this was coming off the great playoff team uh, the year before. I decided to go out for football next year. Probably the fee, you know, the excitement for being on the sidelines and watching those guys the year before uh, that, you know, kind of wishing I could be part of that. Um, you so, went. You were my style, right? Junior, senior, junior, senior year. Yeah, yeah skip the JV. Was State? I think that was State. <laughs> Stacy was junior, senior playing too, wasn't yeah, he? I think. Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> all the um, all the cool guys just played junior, <laughs> senior. Um, so we were zero and seven going into that oblong game, and I was I was about one hundred and forty pounds, and uh, but I'm really slow. I mean, so you're not going to put me at like a receiver. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be a. Re so basically, guys like me. I mean, the line's the only place that they can put you, and I didn't go in with any expectations of you know being a major contributor or anything yeah. that season. I mean, I've never had that mindset in sports. I wanted to be part of the team. I've never worked had enough natural talent or worked hard enough to to get major minutes in a sport. And suddenly you're uh, Anthony Munoz. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this oblong game, we had had some players, some that it was Columbus week, and I on Columbus Day they had missed practice on that Monday, and oh, uh, so this is like I said, week eight, we're zero and seven, and um, Coach Bagby decided to sit them, which okay, I mean there were some of our key players. Uh, I don't know if it was sim for, uh, set the whole game or what. I know they weren't happy about it when they found out. Um, but I mean, at this point, Bagby's planning on probably not only being that he's planning on being there for a while, I'm sure. And, you know, you got to set your, you, you got to set some standards in your program and, you know, things are, you just can't let things um, slip by. And uh, so he's gonna have these players sit this game. Um, I, you know, worked out and I had played. So I wasn't like, I was never playing games. I was getting in games sometimes and playing on the line, getting a few snaps here and there. Yeah. But um, I find out that Friday as we're getting on the bus to drive up to Oblong, that um, not only is this 140-pound guy who had played guard is all I'd ever play, you know, played against <laughs> where your smaller lineman is. Um, <sighs> and I played there in junior pro football and played center a lot in junior pro football. Yeah. Um, but they want me to start at left tackle um, this game. <laughs> Book in tackle. You are Anthony tackle. Munoz. <laughs> yes. Um, You're like that guy from the blind side. <laughs> 
And Gary's getting his first varsity cert quarterback that night, right? I, now that there. you say that, it's funny too because I think that must have been a coach's decision because I found out I was starting. Bagby walked up to me and handed me the game ball, and that's how I found yeah. out I was starting that night. So that the coaches so that, talked about that's the, oh yeah. to pump to pump us See, up. I mean, Bagby is just. I mean, we'll oh, get wow, to, he what may a motivator! That moment. He's just a mastermind at motivation, yes. as we talked about. You're, so. Um, Gary's like a Tom, young Tom Brady coming in to lead him to the Super Bowl. Now, I can't say – now, we're 0-7. No, we got a shot in this game. So, I can't – I'm going to be honest with you. When they say, Chip, you're going to start left tackle tonight, I can't say, like, I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm expecting to go in there and just dominate, and I'm going to bring us to victory that night. But I was nervous is what I was. I sat with Jerry. Jerry Worth was our line coach that year, and I sat with him on the – I was going to sit by Gary or King or somebody on the way up. But, um um, sat with Coach Worth that night. Uh, so basically, we went. We he sat there with a playbook with me, and he went through some of my um, some of the blocking schemes and you know what to expect that night. And Jesse pass right. He told you that how to block that he, one too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did because that was a huge. Was, it was a solid forty minutes of coaching right there. Yes. Was this was. this was my famous <laughs> yes. Buddy Lackey night too? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. So um, he coaches me up. He teaches me. Um, a lot in that, you know, 35, 40 minute drive to Oblong. Um, and I did all right that year. I, um, we won. I, we, I, won. we won. We got our first win of the year. Um, I Bag held a lot that night and didn't get called for it. There you go. That's um, the key. So Bagby's um, feeling good about his moves. Yeah. So it was a, um, and then I, in the daily record that following Monday, uh, Coach Bagby said that Chip Jamerson played a hell of a game or something yes. like that. So, like, man, like that, that makes you feel good when you're not one that's expected to get your name in the headlines. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't in the headlines, but it was in, to get the, my name in an article with a remark like that meant a lot to me. And I, yeah. when I worked with coach Bagby up in Athens, I made sure, you know, I let him know how much that meant to me from time to time. So, um, yeah, I wasn't actually expecting to talk about that tonight because I figured we would get into that more in some later episodes, but oh, and we'll get, we'll dig deeper later on. But yeah, the, um, Getting the varsity start at left tackle and the win over Oblong, we were to get our first win of that season. That's awesome, and you know that's a that's a good thing to remember for for everybody that listens to this that that coaches junior league sports and and uh, mention those other guys sometimes, not just the guys that that run the touchdowns and and yep. throw the yep. passes. Those yep. other kids that that especially you know. That means a lot to a yeah. Lot of people. A savvy twenty-six-year-old Bob Bagby coaching. He had a lot of the tricks down early in his career. Twenty-six years old. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> well, let's go to uh, to uh, to Mook, and and he's going to go with uh, with his his feat of excellence. Or I got a I got a moment. few things to mention because I was very fortunate in my high school career. I got to play on a regional championship team as a sophomore in baseball, which was uh, amazing. Of course, our senior basketball run, you know, Capital Classic, uh, winning the regional at Olney, winning the sectional at home was one of the most amazing things ever, and, and getting to go to the super sectional. And I didn't mention that as a witness just because I knew other people were going to, but, yeah, what a night that was. I mean, that was a, a, just a, a, an amazing year, winning the, the regional in baseball, um, you know, Getting to play with a lot of great players. I mean, getting to play with Bobby and Dee in their primes as seniors, and getting to watch those two play on the on the court and supporting them was was awesome. And and, and just getting that much hardware, and that's just that's a lot, you know, in, in a four year run. And getting very very far, be fortunate to play with play with all these great players 
uh, freshman through senior year was awesome. So I got to go with a couple of my runner-ups first of uh, moments as a player on the field. And one game kind of, uh, again, I've mentioned it a couple times on the, on the Facebook page, but it's, it's a game as in baseball as a regional. It was on a Saturday, uh, probably I think it started fairly early in the morning, but we were playing Fairfield in the regional semifinal game. And Justin, I know he's listening right now to this, and I think one of the most uh, influential moments in a game is that we're down five to five to three to Fairfield on a Saturday morning, not looking good. It's a sixth inning. Justin Shear playing left field. Uh, got a runner on second base, and I don't know that Justin was known for his great arm strength. Maybe not, but I'd say he is now. Probably so. But uh, uh, hit a, a guy hits a single to left field. Runner on second base. We're already down two runs. Uh, I'm catching, and Justin fields it cleanly, perfect one-hop throw, throws the guy out the plate to end the inning, momentum going strong into the into the, the bottom of the six for that game. So that's one of the things I think as a player, that moment that, again, it gets lost. There probably wasn't 40 people in the crowd that day, but that was a huge, huge moment for us to go on. And then Chris Ralston, this is a game I've lauded about, and it's the same game. The Rooster. But the Rooster. Uh, I had pitched the, the, the first game of the, of the regional on a Thursday. Chris pitches the semifinal game on a Saturday. Pitches a complete game, number one, so he's the winning pitcher. He has an RBI double in the first, a solo homer in the third, and then he hits a three-run homer wow. to break a five. To, we were down uh, five to three, I think, at the time. Hits a three-run homer to, to, to basically win the game. Five RBIs and the, and the pitching win to lead us to the title game. I mean, I, I, again, when you talk about just single individual performances, that's a game that yeah. goes down for me. And, again, very few people would even know anything about that. But that, to me, in Red Hill history, is one of the greatest games an individual ever that had awesome. to, to get us there. So, wow. um, I, again, I, I, I would can't – Go on and on and on about all these different things. And like I say, basketball that year was just 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 unbelievable. But of course I go back to Slim Came Home. I know Travis Barker, he mentioned this on the on the Facebook page. Many people did. And yeah. many people did. I mean, I think again that, that year it was a team that we had uh, beat Palestine. They were horrible. The first uh, we beat them pretty like forty nine to nothing. And then week two, Salem. Salem just destroys us. I mean, it's, it's like, here we go again. Same old, same old. We weren't expected to do much that year. Um, we mentioned this earlier. So, you know, we we uh, get down 13 nothing. It's now 13-13. to Fourth quarter now, early in the fourth quarter. And you talk about great runs. Freddie Akers' run is was amazing. Awesome. But this run by Bobby Stevens, it was only about a 43-yard touchdown run, but I think I think every kid on Mount Carmel touched him on this play. It, and it was just such a unique run. Yeah. But, I call it the bob and weave is yep. the way I've always called this one. And, and, and here, here is the, the audio of this play. They turn the trick. Here's a deep pitch to Stevens. Stevens looks for some running room around the left side. Breaks out a one tackle. Still on his feet. And there he goes. Stevens is down to the 10-5. Just, a, it, it's a run that is, you look at it and you're like, what did I just see? The way he, like Gary said, it, up the, and down, the yeah. bob and weave, and it was like a, a buoy on, on the ocean, just bouncing up and down and ducking under people and dodging people. What, what a run, what a performance.
So we're, we're getting down. I think it's maybe five, six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And now Mount Carmel gets the ball back right after Bobby has this 43-yard touchdown run. And Mount Carmel's got the ball at about uh, hour 40-yard line. And I think it's first or second down. And I'm playing uh, free safety. And they throw a long bomb down the, the Mount Carmel sideline. And I'm playing free safety, and I see this happening in front of me. And I literally, I mean, it's illegal now, but it was targeting. I threw as hard as I could and just blasted this kid from Mount Carmel. And I get, I out, so right on their sideline, and I get in his face, and I'm screaming probably because I'm so excited and everything. And they throw a, a flag. So now I'm sitting here thinking, I just lost it. I mean, I'm really at that moment, I thought, well, I lost this game. This game's over with because they're going to score a touchdown. We're not going to stop them. And luckily, we stopped in there. They get the ball back, and they scored a touchdown tied up. So now it's overtime, 20 to 20. Everyone that there knows it, but you know, I'd say this has to be in uh, at least for my money. This is the my as a player, and probably some non-players too. The greatest moment in Red Hill history. Here's Emmons on a long count. Option play to the left. He turns to the middle. He's in for a touchdown. Red Hill wins it. Red Hill wins it on a ten-yard touchdown run by Gary Emmons. Emmons ends it. 26 to 20 in overtime. And the aces are done. So, again, that's overtime. Years later, I got chills. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's overtime. You know, we uh, Steve Bocock has uh, on fourth and fourth and eight or nine. Mount Carmel tries a, tries a pass, and Steve Bocock intercepts it, which, you know, you can't return him in, in uh, high school football. That ends it. Then on first and ten. We're on a counter option, so fake chance to the two hole, and we reverse run, go to the left side. And of course, I think the entire they assumed the ball was going to Bobby, and that's where most of the team was flowing, and yep. it was an easy cutback, even as though, they should have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Greg Laughlin didn't want me to cut it back in; he wanted me to pitch it, but that one I decided to keep it, and then you know everything is history. So you know that we're three and one. You know that Red Hill football three and one, and feeling really good, and just a disappointing end of our year. We win the next we win the next week. I'm sorry to go 3 and 1 when we beat when we beat Carmi late on a late uh fourth uh, fourth quarter touchdown too. So That that very easily could have been one of my moments that, that yeah, I that witnessed that that gonna, that win against Carmi was unbelievable. I, did, I wasn't there to experience that, but I, I know I mean another gutsy another gutsy Evans call. Yes, because it's it's <laughs> On third and like six, he throws a standing pop to Eric Andrews. It got maybe three yards. So we're fourth and three, somewhere around midfield. And I know it was bone left, 47 sweep pass. So I sweep it to Tucker, who's left-handed. So this is natural way for him to be going. And throws it to uh, Justin Marinholtz. And Justin catches it, but falls down. He could have went in. There was yeah. no one around him. And he catches it as he's falling. And he gets down about the nine-yard line. Then we run an option play to the right. And I was uh, able to run that one in. What's funny, too, I don't know if Brian Havel listened to this, but I think after the Mount Carmel and Carmi, the first person that was in my face after the touchdown both times was Brian Havel out of the crowd. <laughs> he wasn't on the team. He was out of high school at this point. But he was uh, in my face both times. <laughs> Both times. So that's another one that's a memory. But Slim can't, Slim come home. I thought Travis Barker mentioned on the Facebook page. Um, Mount Carmel went 9-2 uh, and two that year. I mean, it, it's not like this was a mediocre Mount Carmel team. This is They lost to us and Ducoin that year. That was it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just I think it's the greatest upset in Red um, – yeah. I'm sorry, in Illinois high school. Yeah, I agree. Football for, for sport, sure. uh, yeah. sports history. And if anybody that saw the video that Gary and I made after that season, oh, and, yeah. that, and, and that was to music, and, and I could still, you know, the just watching that, that end of that Carmi game was unbelievable, and, of, of course, the Mount Carmel game. Hey, I just wanted to mention real quick as we're talking about 
about alumni and and all the good things that we did. Uh, Chris Seitzinger uh, is new now, baseball coach. Yeah, yeah, new Red Hill baseball coach. A, a former foe was on the team when I hit that Titanic yes. bomb over the right <laughs> field wall at Grayville. Uh, I believe he was the catcher for Lawrenceville, so I'm sure that I uh, rubbed it in his face as I touched home plate. But anyway, he's the new Red Hill baseball coach, and we welcome him to the Red Hill family. Um, and he is having on Saturday, April 24th, an alumni versus varsity baseball game out at the tank farm. It's going to start, uh, 12 noon, as I said, April 24th. Um, there might be somebody that's on this podcast play in that game. Um, I tell you what, I, it's funny. I was talking to Chris about this and, uh, he asked me if I could play and like, I literally, I'm sure I think my right shoulder is just shredded. And he said, it's funny how many people that have reached back out to him, have all these ailments, <laughs> and they're not sure they can we play may, now. may have to have one of the varsity players pitch for the alumni team. Yeah. But uh, but that'd be a lot of fun. He said, Brian, oh, I'd like for you to play. And I said, uh, listen, uh, as much as I'd like to, and I tell you, my brain is sharp, and I think that I could really, I feel like I could go out there and do it, but I guarantee you, either bending over to catch a ground ball I guarantee you I go ass over tea kettle and, and land on my face. But what we very well may be doing, we've got to talk about this as a staff at the Old School Red Hill Podcast. I would like to podcast that day if we can at all work it out and uh, maybe just be kind of uh, not live. Or we could go live, but at least live to tape and then uh, put it up the next day and, and talk to former players and current players and things like that. So kind of watch out for that as far as a podcast goes. But uh, but plan on being there. Come out and, and let's have some fun and support the, uh, the new Red Hill baseball coach in the program. So that is Saturday, April 24th. The alumni versus varsity game. They'll be taking and, donations at the gate 12 noon. And I've heard one of our podcast guests from the early days. Um, Jim oh, yeah. Baker, Good call, 1976 Chip. grad Jim Baker played in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. He's planning on playing on that day. Why so. do I have a feeling that uh, he's going to take the bump? at least for an inning in that game. I have a feeling oh, yeah. Jim's in better shape than a lot of us at this point, <laughs> if I was to guess. Uh, but, but he's definitely taking the mound. And you know what, Chip? I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Um, we've had a lot of good episodes, a lot of good guests. Um, anytime that, that uh, if you don't want to hear us just babble on about memories and go through newspapers, that's fine. But listen to the interviews. My goodness. Uh, Jim Baker, uh, Mandy Susan Cunningham, Wright. Susan Wright, Fred Kendall, Richard Sue Dixon, Sue and Troy. Who else? Who am I missing? Matt um, McCullough. Matt McCullough and, and Cameron Kevin, Vinsel. Cameron Vinsel. Yeah. Um, Cameron Vinsel, who went for 27 the other night. Awesome. Fred Kendall. The yeah. yeah. I mean, bake, bake, the bake interview was, was awesome. So um, go back, listen to those. But anyway, wanted to mention that. And, uh, we got any more Facebook things we want to mention? I think I have yeah, one more. Well, we got several I know. Things, I Let's think wrap so. up with some of those. Yeah, Juice has got a couple, too. That I I'll saw. mention the one to Tanner Nesselrold. He, he had mentioned that, uh, of course, every summer between, not every summer, but towards the, after uh, after I graduated, we did seven-on-seven seven camps throughout the summer, and Tanner Nesselrold was, our, was the quarterback for the um, 2001 football team, first year in the, NE, or in the LIC. And uh, he told me, he mentioned that he told me we were going to go with 9-0 and that year, and... Uh, by God, we went nine and zero that year, and uh, unfortunately lost in the first round of the playoffs. But you know that was an, a, an amazing year. Honestly, I'm not sure if I was a fan. I was a coach. But one of the weirdest games in Red Hill history. We didn't mention the one that Vinny mentioned. Are you going to talk about that one, Chip? 
Oh, the, the game, yes. the, so I, let me talk about mine first, then you can mention Vinny's game that he came back to. But that year in 2003 was a 4 nothing oh, game. Yes. Red, <laughs> Red Hill wins on two safeties. Crazy. 4 to nothing was the final. I mean, that was against Lawrenceville, too. So I think that's – well, you can win 2 nothing. It's hard to win four nothing. It is hard then, to win. You don't see a lot of four nothing football games. And then I think the complete opposite of a four nothing football game was the one Vinny came back to a few years back. What was that yeah, one, Chip? He, yeah, he came back. I know. I know David was at that game too. The rest of us were listening online and texting each other during the game. But uh, Red Hill uh, beat Lawrenceville or was ahead. What were we up at halftime? It was Six, seventy. Seventy to nothing, seventy to nothing at halftime. Vinny had made the trip from Brazil, so he got a shortened game. Got to see oh, wow. two quarters, but uh, watching. But he knows the rivalry with Lawrenceville, and seeing Lawrenceville quit at halftime. Um, and go, you know, make the three-mile trek back to Lawrenceville um, and not finish the game. Um, they were running out of players, and they were young, and they were um, – so that was a memorable moment for him getting to come back and see a great Red Hill football team destroy Lawrenceville. Like well, and, and, you know, and I know there was some controversy when that game happened. People that didn't watch it just saw what happened. And, and the score uh, was not run up at all. Billy was running dives. I mean, you know, well, you can't – I, I want to say the last – two or three touchdowns were defensive like fumbles okay yeah and i mean mean, you can't what's more humiliating running a dive 60 yards for a touchdown or recovering (laughs) a fumble like you said or taking a knee in the second quarter i mean come on yeah Um, Yeah. and i know people saw the score and and you know made assumptions made assumptions but um so yeah um uh, chip Dave, you guys can for sure probably comment on this one that Juice put at his, as his number three. Brian Fox going up for a dunk in the Capital Classic championship game and, and Eric Holt stripping him. Yeah, I, I, remember I remember the that, game. I don't remember that specific play myself. Yeah, but I, the game was great. That's the, that, was our, great. <laughs> that was our first ever Capital Classic that we had participated in, and I played the championship over at Lawrenceville that night, and um, – Brandon had a, a monster game at about 29 and was named the MVP of the game that night. Um, but Eric, Eric, so many big, we talked about him hitting the last second shot at the JV game down at Mount Carmel in 89. And then he hit the buzzer beater going into halftime against uh, state ranked NCOE as a sophomore off the bench in, in 89, just about two weeks after probably two weeks to the day or one week to the day after that shot at Mount Carmel in the JV game. And then huge plays like this. I mean, uh, Eric came up big in, um, clutch moments. So, uh, we know Brandon is the greatest clutch player in Red Hill history, but I'll tell you, Eric had his moments too. I think when, you know, a show I want to do, which again, we talk about how this podcast got started. I, I remember a year ago, uh, we were sitting at the Stockwell Inn. It was your race night last year, right before the pandemic. It was one of the last nights that that we went out. Period. Um, but we were texting with Juice and Stacy and and Lance, sitting at the Stockwell Inn and, and making our Mount Rushmore of Red Hill athletes. And that's really when we hatched this podcast. And uh, I don't know that Eric would make anybody's Mount Rushmore, but if you do a pound for pound. You know, like they talk about sure. boxers, Eric Eric yeah. would probably yeah. be on it. Um, another yeah, one that I, was always what everybody we would always say that you know if, if Eric was you know six foot four instead of five foot four, I mean, what kind of uh, athlete he would have been across the board? I mean, he was already he already had a really good career as it was. But, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Justin mentioned one that that again, talk about Mount Rushmore. 
uh, Matt Shear just destroying everybody he raced. It's just something that I didn't see. I wasn't part of. Um, I coached Matt a little bit in sixth grade football, but I, I just missed it all. But uh, what yeah. a career he had. I, I should have put that on my list of like, because I, I felt, because that was, we. I run a ran of it's still out there. I'm not as much involved with anymore. Um, message board, Illinois high school sports.com. I know a lot of our listeners were member were members of it. Um, but I loved cause Matt was a member of the, was a member and his dad was a member and just and Justin. I, I looked forward to those updates of his, uh, especially that senior season of, of his races and I was so I, I was following from afar. I was following, and that was one of my as a fan. Then going up and or going down from where I was, going down to Charleston and watching him on that uh, that day that he won third place for the school um, by himself. Um, he was the only guy that advanced to the weekend, so yeah, um, scored all twenty. I think it was twenty eight points uh, on his own to give us a. I, I think our only uh, team trophy we've ever had in Red Hill history. Um, and, and, you know, of, of all the people that will do a podcast on, that might be one I'm looking most forward to if we can ever get that to happen with Matt. Because, yeah, A, I'll be it. learning. Because when you think about it, this is like a Red Hill football player going to Notre Dame. Yeah. A, a Red Hill girls basketball player going to UConn. Mm-hmm. Oregon, yeah. Oregon is the cream of the crop. Yes. You know, in track and field. Yeah. And uh, what a – I'm not – I wasn't part of it. I wasn't around, so I say it's underrated. Maybe it really wasn't as underrated, but I do think it is when when a Red Hill athlete goes to Oregon for track. That's a big deal. Yeah, exactly right. So So I I can't wait to have him on the show. Anything else on the Facebook page? I think we've covered all of Juices. I've got 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 a few things we can go through here. Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, Matthew Young, I think he was a pleated specimen. I think he was a player on this team. Um, was the Villa Grove? I don't have the year in front of me, but the uh, the playoff win against Villa Grove in overtime. So these overtime games um, are you know have popped up on several of our overtime football games. Usually do well in, with our audience, it seems. So uh, don't were you part of that staff, Gary? When, you, when Villa Grove. I don't. Uh, no, I think that I think was, was years more, after me. I think it was more me. late 2000. I think it was like yeah. in the like 2007 I, range. My last year was area. 05, so it must have been somewhere 06 yeah, it was in or after. Like 06, 09 in that area. Um, were you gonna say something, Dave? I was gonna say I think it was even uh, more recent than that. Okay. I don't, I don't think he's that old. He might be mid 20s at his latest now. So okay. Um, we mentioned Jeff Todd. I, um, I don't remember Jeff Todd playing, but what I do remember about Jeff Todd, because the, the guy, he graduated in 78, the 79 guys, I really consider my first guys. I would have been there when Jeff was playing at the games, but didn't know as much. But this has been, been like the year before I went to kindergarten. Uh, but I do remember I'd play Nerf basketball with my neighbor, Corey Ray, uh, the son of head coach, Mike Ray. And we, um, and he would act like he was Jeff Todd. So <laughs> uh, when I when I think Jeff Todd, I'm thinking Corey right away because that was his first player that he really emulated. Uh, so Jeff's most memorable moment was watching Jay Scheidler play in the regional. Could have been the sectional. He said he wasn't sure if it was a regional or sectional at the Red Hill Gym. Would have been a sectional. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. Uh, I remember when that happened. And then he said, um, University of Kentucky coach Joby Hall was in attendance for that game. 
although he said he could have that wrong, but we're going to say he's right Let's on say that. Let's say he was. Bobby, we know Bobby Knight was there, so why can't Joe B. Hall? Right. So Joe B. Hall was there, and we know uh, Jay Shidler went on to play and win a national championship at Kentucky. Um, but it was the most amazing performance he'd ever seen by a high school player. So he he would have played against Jay a little bit. He, Jay was two years older than him, but then just being there as a fan to watch Scheidler. Um, i got a few more things here. You guys stop me whenever you want to jump in with something. Um, we I, mentioned I, – go ahead. No, I was just going to say Billy Powden mentioned the 96 or, football Joe game. Joe Kurtz mentioned – we are. yeah, so he was, uh, he was part, part of that team. Yep. Uh, um, Joe Kurtz, who mentioned that game, also had a few other things. Um, when the 1975 team won that first regional in Red Hill history, um, he would have been a great schooler at that time, but getting to see uh, a regional championship uh, was big for Joe. Um, and then when he uh, during his senior year uh, as Red Hill, we got our first win against Carmi. Uh, it was at Carmi, and they were perfect from the field in the fourth quarter in the win. I think I remember on the 79-80 show, I think we did that season, may have done that season, I think um, – we we mentioned that or referred to it in another episode. So that's uh, Joe Kurtz. Couple of memories. Uh, JJ Gentry from the class of '89. Um, he really he went with a mem- a moment as a player that he depth. This would have been his uh, sophomore year in '86. Brian O's senior year. So Brian O was part of this. Uh, went down to Mount Carmel in the 90 degree heat on homecoming. Lost 62 to nothing um, that game. And I got the stats pulled up in front of me here. Brino did rush the ball five times for a yard that game. Brian did his part. When we do, make keep things positive. Make sure that uh, I'm not going to tell it now. We're we're we've been going for a while, but just remember when we do the meet the host with Brino that you bring this up because I've got one hell of a story on that one. Okay, all right. So. Um, well, JJ's story from that game is because we gave up 62 points down at Mount Carmel. The deep, um, I don't know, the defense, which would have been most, ever, I'm sure most people had some part in that defense, had to do 62 extra wind sprints at practice. So, Brido, you were a defensive back on that team that gave up 62 that game. So, I'm sure you were running those sprints. One thing I really liked that he remembered from that is. Um, Coach uh, Chapel, defensive, I guess he was the coordinator that year. Um, Ran him with the team, so hey, he did. Like the, he, he felt like he. It was his how responsibility. How old would he have been then? Not mid thirties, sure. not as old as we think. Probably, yeah. yeah. Probably mid mid to late thirties, I would think. Yeah, no, but yeah. Just remind me. Trust me, I have a great story about that. I started to say a minute ago, Billy Powden mentioned the the playoff yeah. game, and he threw. He just said the you know great fan support for that one. Uh, Mason Acres talked about that that win over Mount Carmel. Uh, Mandy. Cunningham Wilsey, friend of the show, great interview that we did. Um, she mentioned the 88 win over uh, Casey. Just going down through here, Travis Barker talked about a game that hadn't been mentioned, the Staunton Super Sectional game. One yeah, of you the, talk about memorables. I know it was a, I didn't go with it just because of the loss, but you talk about memorable, that's probably number one. I mean, the one I remember the most to, to be a part of. I mean, looking back at it, it was, um, you know, it was one of the – we were on the losing end of it, but one of the most iconic, one of the greatest games in the history of the of basketball, unfortunately didn't win, but I mean, it's a game that people talk about statewide, not from Red Hill or Staunton. Yeah. Yeah. That was, well, it's just a fantastic game and, and an update on our, uh, on our gallery here. Uh, Laura is still sound asleep. Liv okay. left about an hour ago. 
uh, Dylan and Kirsten, and uh, they're gone, and my mom just left. So. <laughs> All right. Mom, did you have anything things. to add? Did you want to? <laughs> So the mom's talking, talking about, about the 92 football game, of course. And and b- actually, big moment in Lawrence County history. Um, this is the first night that Jan is not a Lawrence County resident. She is officially wow. living in Washington, Indiana now. Wow. That, Dang. So after a long, a <laughs> wow. long Lawrence well, County yeah, ride. Thank you for all all your years uh, in Lawrence County. Thank you for being a great fan, um, being a leader of the, I believe it was the Delts Club that you led for several years. Oh, yeah. So um, thank you for, and you know, BTHS, proud BTHS grad. So uh, yep. thank you. Welcome to Washington. Yep. She is now, well, I guess she's technically a hatchet, but uh, I think her, her her allegiance is going to fall with Bar Reef. For at least a couple of years. Yeah, three, four years, yeah. Uh, what else? North Huskies. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there you go. Um a uh, couple more things. Uh back to Vinny again that I didn't mention. He got to he played on the football team as an all-conference second team kicker on the football team, I should say. Yep. Um but he got to experience the Capital Classic and watching Bobby and D. He only he went home he only was there the first semester, so he didn't get to see much of the basketball season, but uh getting to see Bobby and D in the Capital Classic and the 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 show that that duo put on was a memory that he will uh, he will uh, well that game against, the game against Lawrenceville for the championship of that Capital Classic was incredible yeah so it, I mean a good memory he got to, to go see out. a good one yeah <laughs> and I can say Vinny and I are I'm we're, we're we're friends but honestly that was the only weekend I've ever I watched the games on Friday and Saturday with him never been with the guy any days before that or any days after that but. Um, nearly 30 years later, we're, we're still Facebook <laughs> messaging back and forth like crazy. Um, update, mutu- I, yeah. update yeah, Laura just woke up and she's, she left. Uh, <laughs> um, um, I had a good one from Josh Young here. Um, mm. A memorable moment as a player. He fired up a three-pointer over at Flora. Uh, he didn't say made it, just said fired it up. Sure. Um, made it. He looked as soon as he shot, and I can see Josh doing this. I wasn't there, but I could see him doing this. Looked over at Coach Kendall as soon as he fired it up and read Coach Kendall's lip saying, nice shot. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> 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 he had to have went in then. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It, it if he like said nice shot, yeah, he ain't talking. Right? You know, Harry Carey always said they always say nice swing if you miss, but they always say yeah, nice shot if you made it, right? And then he also mentioned uh, as a player stripping the ball from Justin Swanson at the Red Hill 33 yard line, only up seven with six to min- six to seven minutes left. Was that the same game? Was that the 96 playoff game? He doesn't mention it, but did he strip, did he strip the ball had, late? Would have had to have been, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That, I don't was, know his, exactly. that was only his junior year, though. He had a senior year, too. They went yeah, to the so, playoffs. So I'm not sure which game it was from, but he did strip Justin Swanson. He'll never forget that moment. Um, let's see. I want to make sure I don't leave any, anyone. I think I'm through all my notes here. I can, anybody, everyone want to make one quick trip through the Facebook again? Yeah, and, I, I just did. I don't, I don't see anything that we haven't covered. Um, Rinker, Macadow, I think we got it all, guys. I, I, I really appreciate uh, some of the older guys, Jeff, Jeff Todd, and, and Joe Kurtz chiming in. That was nice to see. Uh, I think we covered it all. Math? Did we talk about Matthew Young Red Hill playoff yeah. win? Yep, yep, we talked about that one. I think yeah. we got it all. There you go. Well. We've said it We've all. We've said it all. That was a good episode. That that was one that we we didn't know for sure what we wanted to do, and uh, 
turned out to be a really good one. And it, you know, again, we got the uh, got the Mount Rushmore that we need to do. That's going to be a good one. We've got tons of shows. Anybody thinks we're about out of shows, don't worry. We got, we got lots of them. Uh, don't forget April twenty fourth at noon. Let's everybody come out and support the baseball team at the Tank Farm. Uh, donations accepted on that day to support the baseball team. And uh, I, I don't know what Illinois will be doing at April twenty fourth if you're outdoors, if you have to wear masks and stuff. But we'll see. But come out anyway, and we'll we'll figure it out. And we may be doing a podcast that day. Chip, you got some? Uh, well, I was, I was, I, there were a few in the replies. I was good. Um, Amy seed, um, believe her name's Amy Lynn on Facebook, but yeah, that's, um, Amy, uh, seed Ryan. Um, she also chimed in Haley, um, Haley white Fisher at JC, uh, Reinhardt. They all chimed in that 96 playoff game. It was more in a reply, so I missed those. But lots of votes for that 90, which was my number one also, yeah, for that think, 96 uh, playoff game. I think Melinda chimed in on on that young, Melinda Young. Yeah. Um, I think Sherry Ross chimed in um, on a personal message to me this week. So <laughs> shout out to Sherry. Sherry. What did she chime? 88 Casey game, her, her yeah, favorite yeah, game, I'm not, I'd have to check and see what she said to me, but it was something. <laughs> something like that uh, well guys I think it's been a fantastic episode we talked about a lot of stuff Terry McAdow's beard makes an appearance on the Double show times. again Yeah. Uh, Willard Pritz causes fumbles that was a highlight He's of the a show big one uh, Brandon Tully smashing the water bottle I'm going to go watch that that's, that's on YouTube if anybody wants to go see it yeah uh, Ryan Haywood, Lagodi Lions coach, touches touches Acres Nikes as he streaks by. Cameron Shoulders, huge double. Just a sophomore too. Young sophomore. Vinny, Arahu, missed the first extra point, but hit he hit a couple more big ones. Had potential penalties that could have been called. Uh, Bill Rinker at the at the um, sports banquet. Um, Standing ovation. Yeah. I'm curious the penalty. No helmet, and you're the 12th player on the field. I don't know. That's, that's if he had a helmet on, they probably would have thrown the flag. Shane Lumpy Wilson, surprise pin out of nowhere. I, I I can't talk enough about that 89 uh, game down at Mount Car- the JV and the varsity game, the wins over Mount Carmel that night. Mike Kurtz comes up to me, grabs my ears, and screams, where did you hit that ball? And I didn't know what the hell to say. Um, I see thanks to, Jay- the guys that went to, thanks to the guys that went to Evansville and Columbus State gave me my gave me a start against Oblong. A quick search January 7th of 97 Josh Young 0 of 1 on a three-pointer against Oblong. <laughs> I don't know if that's it or not. He's looking up the stats. He missed he, he missed one that game and we lost 52-50 so a possession Gee, loss really? there. <laughs> the mystery still is out there of what in the hell Gary and Chip did the day that I took Delmore Waters yeah, deep. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Did not see that game. Chip sitting by Jerry Worth on the bus on the way to Oblong. Probably one of the most influential moments of your life, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Justin Shear's strong arm from the outfield. Perfect one hopper. That's all I got. What a great episode. Thanks for listening. Support our sponsors. Let them know that you hear about them on the Old School Red Hill Podcast. That would be, of course, People's State Bank, Andrews Insurance, 
Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, Sensible Solutions Waste Consulting, and of course, did I say everybody? Gray's Restaurant. I think I said everybody. <laughs> Had a couple drinks. <laughs> that was the good thing about Kirsten being here. She was able to to get some drinks for us, but uh, that was a good time. Chip, wrap us up, brother. Yep. I, I think you said it all. Thanks for listening. It was a blast through that show. And thanks to Gary for being our executive producer of this episode. Great idea. Thank you. That was on behalf of David King, Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons. I am Brian Emmons. We are Red Hill. And fitting on this episode, we're not going to wrap up with the school song, but we're going to wrap up with one shining moment. We've had a lot of one shining moments on this show, in this school, and we are Red Hill. Let's go white. Kick it high and go head hunting for Smitty. Feel the beat of your heart. Feel the wind in your face. It's more than a contest. It's more than a. Contest.